Hey, what's up, everybody? This is The Greatest Show on Dirt, Sunday, November 12th, 2017. I am your host, Quentin, coming to you semi-live from the Sweet Bee Studios. These are all pre-recorded because I am not quite good enough to go live on any feature. So whatever you have, have it be Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Buddy, we just ain't there yet. But thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. I also want to take the time to thank everybody for uh, just liking the Facebook page. Facebook page hit 500 likes today. So thank you to everyone who liked the page. Also on greatestondirt.com. Feel free to check out our website. We did publish an article titled The Human Experience and the Houston Astros. So I just want, oh, well, the piece just kind of went into, um, which we touched on it a little bit last week, but how this Houston Astros team fit perfectly. The city of Houston, guys like Evan Gaddis, guys like George Springer, Jose Altuve, the ability of this team to overcome a lot of things to win the World Series was very representative of the city, which is great because these players in the city have a lot in common. You have a a fighting city that just got over Hurricane Harvey, and nothing could have been better than this team winning the World Series. But on top of that, the guys that actually won the World Series. A lot of kind comments, so I just want to thank everybody for reading the article on Facebook and posting comments saying they liked the article. It means a lot to us to uh, write about baseball and publish it and have other people actually like it. A lot of stuff I write with baseball really talks about the human element of it because I really do believe that baseball, unlike any other sport, does it creates something in people, you know, the fans that watch the sport, family. I think baseball's ability to bring people together, in this case, with it being a city and Hurricane Harvey, but also with Cubs fans last year, thinking of loved ones, you know, loved ones that have passed and looking at a World Series victory like that and just baseball's ability to bring people together. That's a lot of what the article was about, and I really do enjoy that stuff. So anytime anybody takes a second to like the Facebook page, read an article, comment on it, share it, it means a lot just because I just feel like that's what baseball is. It's something special, and it brings people together. And it's baseball is a way to create... Um, just kind of like a way of life, you know, and it's um, I think it gives people the ability to pass down traditions from generation to generation, and that's what baseball does. And ultimately, I think that's kind of why we started the podcast. Baseball's kind of lost. I don't think baseball's lost its way a little bit, but baseball doesn't have as many fans as what it used to. And I think a matter of just having a platform like this, thank goodness it's 2017, and GarageBand comes on my computer, and the mic I bought is super cheap, which means that anyone with no skill set, including myself, can get on here and talk about baseball, and it's fun to do, and ultimately, I think that's the reason why we started the podcast, was just to bring people together that love baseball and can understand what it does, because really, a lot of times, all you hear about baseball anymore is steroids and pace of play and Pitchers throwing at hitters and stuff, and I feel like a lot of the essence of baseball has kind of disappeared. You know, just getting to the bare bones of an afternoon ball game with your dad or your mom. You know, I played baseball with my mom and my dad growing up. I once, mom, if you're listening, this charged the mound when she was throwing batting practice to me when I think I was in fourth grade. She was very athletic and could throw the ball hard, but unfortunately it went right at me. But uh, it was great, you know, so... But just want to say that thanks to everyone who would have liked the page and all that stuff. That being said, we're going to get into some trade rumors. And with the trade rumor, the big name, big name on the market is Giancarlo Stanton. Mr. 59 home runs, who will probably be MVP, led the National League in home runs, RBIs, and wins above replacement. He is the top dog. 
And per the reports, which I've Googled over and over again, four teams are in the running, it looks like, initially for this guy, but trying to predict how free agency will play out is... It's like the never-ending story, you know, you just, you'll, you'll never, you'll just never figure this thing out, you know, it's like trying to predict what the weather's going to be like, you know, it's probably going to snow tomorrow or be 70 the next day, and that's essentially what free agency is trying to do, as far as guessing the thing, but I did, I typed stuff out coming into this because I knew if I tried to just spitball where I thought Giancarlo Stanton would go, it'd go really bad. Here's what you've got with the guy. He, he's coming off the best year of his career. He's got 10 years left on his largest North American sports contract in the history of North American sports contracts. <laughs> 10 years, $295 million. That's what he's owed. The Miami Marlins, they've got, a, they've got a goal, and it includes two things. One, they want to get a team to take most or all, with a heavy preference on all, a big G salary, if we could get it. And number two, they need some young studs. And they pro- probably primarily pitching, which, like, who doesn't want pitching, right? Pitching's like chicken nuggets at McDonald's. I want them fresh. I want them with sweet and sour sauce. And that's kind of what you're looking at with this guy. The four teams are Phillies, Red Sox, Cardinals, Giants. And, I mean, I, I kind of asked myself the question. I've debated over this all day long, trying to, like, plan this podcast to figure out why Giancarlo Stanton might want to go to either one of these teams. So I wrote some stuff out. So here's what we got. The number one question is, we're going to start with St. Louis. St. Louis, the Cardinals, look like they would be the best trade partner for Giancarlo Stanton because they have the payroll flexibility to do it, but they also have the prospects to do it. Namely, three pitching studs. Ooh, I actually might have the names for him somewhere. <laughs> Touche, yes I do. Oh man, I already lost the names again. Oh, Alex Reyes, Jack Flaherty, and Sandy Alcantara. These are three stud young pitchers, right? So, payroll, prospects. Cardinals have it for sure. The problem's going to be Giancarlo Stanton's no trade clause and if he would actually approve this. So I would imagine if you're Derek Jeter, your best friend is probably the St. Louis Cardinals GM, is, you know. So my question is, that I'm going to kind of ask myself an answer, because I'm rolling solo on here tonight, is will Giancarlo Stanton play in the Midwest? Flyover country, will he do it? There are a lot of pros to this thing I've got, for sure, on why I think he might play in St. Louis. First, St. Louis has a winning culture. They're a they're an all-time great organization when it comes to memorable playoff appearances. Few, top of the St. Louis Cardinals have, I feel like St. Louis would be a really good stage for them. St. Louis is through and through a baseball town. They are an all-time organization. Everywhere from go crazy, folks, with Ozzie Smith hitting a home run, which I believe was in the 86 NLCS uh, from the left side of the plate. Crazy stuff, David Freeze, Albert Pujols. There's a lot of postseason lore that comes with this team. And to be on a stage as a St. Louis Cardinal slugger, I mean, there are a lot of greats that played in St. Louis. Bob Gibson, Stan Musial. I mean, you got a lot of guys that come through there. And St. Louis is always a responsible team that seems to build their team up right. So we know, what do we know? We know Giancarlo Stanton does not 
want to go to a rebuilding team, right? Well, I wouldn't classify the Cardinals as rebuilding. They were not, they were third in the division last year by nine games. So the NL Central was tight all season long, in, in my opinion. The NL Central, it's wide open next year. So if you want to, if John Carlos Stanton's going into an organization and he wants to trust that organization in building a team for the future with something he can be a part of and have some success, not only individual success, but as a team. You know, he's never played in a playoff game. And if you're going to trust an organization to put you through the playoffs and give you everything you need to perform at a high level on a big stage, I mean, it's it's the St. Louis Cardinals. The main thing is, and we at this point don't even know if him playing on a coast Right, Because the rumor mill will state that he wants to play on the East Coast or the West Coast. Well, that rumor came out, I think, in June or July um, when there was rumor of him being traded or cleared waivers and stuff because Jeter and his crew was buying the team. And people close to the Marlins organization would say, well, he probably has a preference to play on one of the coasts, probably namely the West Coast because he, he grew up a Dodgers fan and he's from the area. He, he went to college or excuse me, went to high school in California and was drafted. So he's a West Coast kid who wouldn't love to get back there. Hey, baseball's a nostalgic sport. Send me back to Cali, right? Going back to Cali. That's, I'm embarrassed. It's really late that I'm recording this, guys. Thank you. You are listening to The Greatest Show on Dirt. Please don't double-click on your iPhone and close out this podcast app. But we don't even know if, I, I think there's a chance he could approve playing in the Midwest just because it's the St. Louis Cardinals. Right, I mean, I, oh, I think so. Sure, why? And if if St. Louis has to give up one of their pitching prospects, or I mean, at least say they give up two, but, you know, say they give up one, St. Louis, the Cardinals, I think, still have great starting pitching. A lot of their problem was the bullpen. They had a lot of bullpen woes last year, and I think had a lot of injuries, too. If you put Giancarlo in right field for the St. Louis Cardinals, you have Tommy Pham, who I think is one of the best hitters, if not the best hitters, in the NL Central. He sure was last year. Wins above replacement, I think he was best in the NL Central. Then you put Dexter Fowler in center field. This team's going to start to get good. Their starters get lined out. They fortify that bullpen a little bit. St. Louis is a team that can win the division next year. And St. Louis can give Giancarlo what they want next year. And I think Giancarlo can be pretty confident and trust the St. Louis Cardinals organization knowing that if he plays for them next year, he's probably going to play in a playoff game. I think he'll do it. I think the Cardinals can at least get a wild card next year. But, I mean, they could win the division. There's a lot of uncertainty in Chicago. But the Red Sox, the Boston Red Sox may be the team that's going to scoop the guy up. Dealing Dave Dombrowski. He, he loves to spend some money. He's not afraid to do it. In a press conference, I think just a few days ago, they had asked him, there is some number called a competitive balance threshold. The team stayed under it last year, stayed under it. The Boston Red Sox were under that threshold last year, which means their payroll was, I think, less than $195 million. That was even with the debacle at third base named Kung Fu Panda Pablo Sandoval. And so they asked him in the uh, Dave Dombrowski in the press conference if he had any intentions to stay under it to 2018, to which he answered, no, I don't. And then they asked the owner, John Henry, and he's like, why don't you just play back the tape of you asking Dave what we thought. They're ready, willing, and able to spend money, and they're probably the closest team out of the four that I named 
to actually win a World Series. Great starting pitching. Uh, they've got guys in the bullpen that can throw the ball well, especially if they could resign Addison Reed. But they have a guy named Craig Kimbrell, the uh, the fireballer ginger who does the weird arm thing when he bends over to home plate. He throws gas. So, I mean, they're probably most well-equipped, I think, to win this thing. So if, we're, if, we're, if you're looking at Giancarlo Stanton based on putting him on a contender, it's the Red Sox. If he's a Red Sox next year, a Red Sox, listen, the Sox were 10th in runs last year, and they didn't even hit home runs. They were dead last in home runs. You put Giancarlo's 59 on there and give him a shot to hit over the 310-foot green monster, he's going to hit over 60 home runs next year. Bold prediction. If he stays healthy all next year, he might hit 60 home runs. Boston probably wins the division. They come really close to winning the division if they don't win the division. But here's the picture I'm going to paint for you. Sunday night baseball, Yankees, Red Sox, Judge Stanton. Listen, here's what Boston does for Giancarlo Stanton. One, it gives him contention. He's immediately on a contender and a World Series contender right out of the gate, way more so than the St. Louis Cardinals. But number two, he's going to play on the biggest stage in all of baseball, Red Sox-Yankees. That stage is huge. Could you imagine him playing regular season Sunday night baseball, ESPN, Stanton Judge? But get a hold of this. Put him in the postseason, and he gets the chance to play in an ALCS, possibly, against the New York Yankees as a Boston Red Sox. A lot of times when the Yankees and the Red Sox play in the ALCS, that's bigger than the World Series that the winning team goes on to play. This is the biggest stage for Giancarlo Stanton to play on. It's just the playoff battles would be ginormous. And they, I mean, gosh, I can't even imagine. You know, because that's all we want to see in last year's Home Run Derby was those two guys face off. And then to get them playing each other, what, like 18 times a year? I would love it. As far as Giancarlo going to the Giants, it seems as if the Giants might be the biggest uncertainty of them all. Because... Look at this. Okay, so the San Francisco Giants shuffling papers because we're real busy in the Sweet Bee Studios office. Paperwork everywhere. We got data like mining machines on the left and right of me. It's no, we don't really. I'm just chilling in the house. Okay, so Bleacher Report, this would have been June or July of this year, ranked them as the 25th best farm system. That's the New York, or excuse me, the San Francisco Giants. And the San Francisco Giants also won 98 games last year. No. The San Francisco Giants, because we don't edit, they lost 98 games last year. Well, that's not good. They lost a lot. A lot. So that's just huge uncertainty there. Plus, they've got two starters they spent a good amount of money on in Johnny Cueto and Jeff Smarja that really don't seem like they're not going to get the value for those guys at all. So this team's going to be in a bind pitching and in a bind offensively, they could barely hit a home run last year. And if you put add John Carlos 59 to the Giants' home run total last year, it would have been still like 23rd best probably in all of baseball. I say best because that's the order I'm putting it in. More, It's like 7th worst, right? I can do the math on that. 30 minus 23 is 7. The Giants don't seem like a good fit to him, which is going to put G in a bind because if he wants to play on the West Coast... It's going to have to be with the Dodgers, which, listen, my buddy Chris, shout out Chris Bristow, happy 25th birthday. I was at his house tonight, 
celebrating the birthday. I ate so much food. His mom's the best cook ever, and I just ate a ton. I had these cakes and this pasta, just big Italian dishes, greatest thing ever. But I am talking a little bit of baseball over there, as I always am. People, you know, signing autographs, people real curious to know how the show's going, who we've met, and all that stuff. Not really. <laughs> and uh, someone asked me if I thought John Carlos Stanton would go to the Dodgers, to which I replied kind of a quick no, but then realized that, and I have no notes on this, okay. Dodgers have the money, right, number one, but why, how, it would benefit the Marlins, I think, greatly. What would, could you not do with Giancarlo Stanton, Yasiel Puig, straight up trade? Just trade one for the other. Because Puig is a pretty big contract that I know the Los Angeles Dodgers have had interest in offloading in previous years, right? In 2016, he was almost sent to Milwaukee for Ryan Braun. Had a pretty good season last year, but still... What if he hits 27 or 28 home runs? In this day and age of the juice baseball, slippery baseball, whatever type of baseball we're throwing, this three true outcome, home run is a Furby, like, rage, how much do his 28 home runs really mean? And he's signed for a lot of money. Could you not, could you dish Puig for Stanton if you're the Dodgers and Marlins and do that? Because the Marlins offload a lot, but they still get production out there offload a big contract you know Derek's not going to get the prospects that he wants but you offload a lot of a big contract because still to this point I'm not too sure if Giancarlo Stanton 100% gets traded you know because 10 years and 295 million and that contract is it's backloaded on the tail end of it so he's got seasons where he's going to make well that's how Jeff Jeff Loria did all of his deals sign these guys to huge deals but we'll give you money at the tail end of the thing. And <laughs> what a dog. Like, he just had a bunch of people, sold the team, spent a ton of money, and just made it to where he wasn't going to pay this stuff at the end. It's like, I'm quitting this job anyway. He's basically like the employee that worked for Twitter that shut off Donald Trump's account, Twitter account on the way out. That's what Jeff Lurie is. He's like, I quit. I'm just going to mess everything up on the way out. I'm going to shut your Twitter down. That's what that's what Jeff Lurie did. And, you know, the Marlins and Jeter are still going to have a hard time offloading his contract. And, you know, you begin to wonder at some point if just trading bad contract for bad contract. And I'm, I'm not saying that Giancarlo Stanton and Yasiel Puig, those aren't like Jason Hayward, Jacoby Ellsbury bad contracts. But still, those are really, really high paid players that whatever team they're on, Giancarlo Stanton. Puig's not crippling his team, but Giancarlo Stanton's. He's got his whole team hamstrung. They're having a little bit of a problem. But I'm going to keep an eye on the Dodgers and listen out for it. You know, maybe do some heavy Google searching tomorrow when I'm at work. That's why I do most of my research at is at work. <laughs> Don't tell him. Entertainment purposes only. But I'm curious if, if the Dodgers could be a thing. He grew up a Dodgers fan, and I know he would approve something out there really quick. And the Dodgers have a really, really good farm system. I know it's guys that they don't want to let go of. But the Dodgers, it bit the Dodgers in the ass last year not wanting to let go of their farm system because they went with the cheaper U Darvish versus the more expensive Verlander. And they lost to Verlander and co. in the 2017 World Series. So, you know, the Dodgers are going to have to make some big moves this year. And that big bat, I mean, do the Dodgers need any more offense? I think it would be bonkers. I think you could just give them the trophy at that point. <laughs> nope, don't do that. We know that that's not true in baseball. Any team can win, which is a great thing if you're a baseball fan. Also, quick touch on the Phillies. Fourth team we've noted. 
Chris, I know you're listening to this. My buddy Chris is a big Phillies fan, and he asked me tonight what I thought the chances were that Giancarlo Stanton would be on the Phillies. There's a little bit of uncertainty behind the Phillies, whether... I don't know whether Giancarlo Stanton would approve it, but the Phillies might be a little bit of an uncertainty, okay? Bleacher Report, same Bleacher Report article I referred to five minutes ago, has the Phillies as the seventh-best baseball system, so that's great. Um, Over the summer, some people inside the Marlins clubhouse didn't think that Giancarlo Stanton would approve the trade to Philly because they're still too much in a rebuilding stage. Now, the Phillies are further along in their rebuilding by far than what like a team like the Marlins would be. And what you get with the Phillies is similar, kind of what you get with the Astros and the Cubs, to where they're about getting to the point within the next year or two where they're going to take off. And whether they take off and win a division, and you know they play in a division with the, uh, you know, like the Nationals, the Braves. The Braves have a number one farm system in all of baseball as ranked by Bleacher Report, but this team is rebuilding. They're getting closer to the end of the rebuild, but if this team's going to be good or not, relies on a bunch of unproven rookies, similar to what happened with the Cubs and the Astros. These rebuilds kind of going all in on them and hoping it works, and obviously it worked for the Cubs and the Astros, but before either of these teams won their World Series, no one knew who Jose Altuve and George Springer and Carlos Correa were, but they storm on the scene 2014, 2015, 2016, and they're 2017 champs, and they're looking pretty good. I still think, if I'm giving you the answer, I don't think Giancarlo Stanton will want to go to Philly, even though they're getting closer to the end of their rebuild, because there's just a lot of, there's still uncertainty within the Phillies as far as if the rebuild's going to be successful. So I think I for sure put Philadelphia as the least likely to land Giancarlo Stanton. They've been bad since 2012. Coming into the 2018 season, they the Philadelphia Phillies do not have the pitching to be good in 2018. So Giancarlo Stanton's going to go to Philly and probably finish last or next to last in the division. And actually the same division he was in because Philly's in the Marlins division, yeah. And which means he wouldn't play for a contender till 2019. And pitching, pitching is one of those things that's really hard to nail down. To get a good pitching prospect is really difficult, almost impossible, because you don't know what's going to happen to guys' arms. These hard young throwers that come in have Tommy John and really never touch it. You know, a good pitcher is like getting fresh fries at McDonald's at 1 a.m. Right, kid? It ain't likely. Um, just pitching is hard to get. You know, you draft guys out of high school in college. Arms, an arm is very fragile. You know, when you talk about mechanics, how hard a guy throws, developing, still being young. And yeah, I mean, I think of a guy like Matt Harvey. Really, I think of the whole New York Mets organization. As soon as their pitching imploded, it's like the whole team just kind of went down and everyone got hurt. And the one uncertainty, it seems like in with the Phillies, might be their pitching, which is kind of like that with every team. I guess, right? Does that make sense? Maybe not. But either way, what I'm getting at is this. Philadelphia doesn't have the pitching to succeed in 2018. So does he really want to go and play for a team in 2018 that's going to bomb again? No, probably not. But the fact of the matter is the Phillies are still rebuilding and they're unproven. There's no way he picks Philadelphia or San Francisco, unfortunately, if you're a fan of either one of those teams, over St. Louis or Boston. So to end this little debate, you're looking at Based on what we read, he'll go to the Cardinals or 
the Red Sox. That'll be the two out of the four teams that I named. I don't put him out of reach for the Los Angeles Dodgers. I don't think the Dodgers need him. But hell, if the Dodgers can figure out a way to get Giancarlo Stanton and he wants to come to L.A. and hit 60 home runs, it's going to be Giancarlo Mania out there, which is going to be huge. You are listening to The Greatest Show on Dirt. Thank you for tuning in. Okay, so the next the next thing we're going to talk about is something I'm so excited about. And to, to no one's surprise, because like my favorite baseball player of all time is Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson, a two-way star in the sense of he played football. And he played baseball. Bo Jackson was crazy enough. He just simply said, I play football in my spare time. It's a hobby. It's a hobby like one may play chess or, in my case, eat biscuits and gravy. That's just what Bo Jackson was. Well, we have the Japanese Babe Ruth, Shohei Otani. Right? He plays for the Nippon Ham Fighters. And he is a two-way star, but he doesn't play baseball and football. He pitches and hits, right? He throws 102 miles an hour and hits shots, kid. He hit a home run in Japan that went through the roof of the dome. I saw it with my own eyes on Instagram because we know if it's the internet, you know it's true because that's how the internet works, right? Don't we all use Wikipedia to find the meaning of life? Because I sure know I do. This guy hit one through the roof. So here's pretty much the shindig on this guy. He's 23 years old. The 2017 season, he had an ankle injury. So his 2017 numbers don't look that good. I mean, they look good, but they don't look as good as what they did in 2016 because he was hurt. And 2016 is a 21-year-old monster, won the MVP of the whole Nippon Baseball League. Look at these numbers. Pitching 10-4 with a buck 86 earned run average, threw 140 innings, struck out 174, Whip under one. You're not getting on base with this kid. Okay, great pitcher. So, But you say you let him hit a little bit? All right, what's the bat look like when he's a lefty? Okay. So the guy, he uh, he bats southpaw, kids. I have these numbers somewhere. Ah, Let me get the numbers real quick for you guys. Hold on, I've got a special IBM computer. Numbers are spit out. Here's what we've got. Registered batting in 2016. Uh, 322. 22 homers, 67 ribbies, 140 games, 104, 104. OPS 1004, slug 588, on base 416, so we can take a walk. I like when a guy's batting average is 322, but almost 100 points higher is his on base percentage, right? Apparently, he's really, really fast, too. And he's interested in coming and playing Major League Baseball with the big boys. This guy, to read an interview with him, sounds so humble. Let me read you a couple excerpts real quick. So first of all, Shohei Otani is going to forego millions upon millions of dollars to come into the league early because of his age 23. If he were to wait two more years, he could come to Major League Baseball and it'd be a real bidding war. And he'd get paid like $200 million over a long contract. But he actually wants to come in and play early now, knowing that if here's the thing, if he gets signed by a major league baseball team, so Nippon, Nippon Baseball League has put him, they they put these guys on a list, right? When they're officially going to when the Nippon Baseball League lets guys play for Major League Baseball, they put him on a list. It's called the the Nippon Ham Fighters have posted him. So when the Nippon League 
post a player, that means they're making him available to Major League Baseball. So what a team does is they'll post their guy, and then whatever team signs him, the Nippin League, the Ham Fighters, would get paid. So kind of how it went historically. So for example, I think it was Hugh Darvish. Hugh Darvish signed a big contract with the Rangers, and when he did sign that contract, the Rangers had to pay Hugh Darvish, but they also had to pay the Nippin Ham Fighters, which also Hugh Darvish played for. The Nippin Ham Fighters got $20 million, right? But that um, that agreement expired on October 31st. So as it sits right now, there's not really an agreement in place. And it's especially tricky with Otani because he wants to come play baseball early. I love it because he's straight up, I'm going to forego these millions of dollars because I want to play for Major League Baseball. He's quoted in an article on MLB.com. Here's what he says. There's still so many things I'm lacking, and I want to put myself in an environment where I can improve. This is, this is such a great story, and you don't get a lot of this in pro sports because it's all about the money. It's all about getting to free agency and getting paid. Or if you're an international star, logic says, well, I'll play baseball in Nippon for a couple extra years then come to America and make $200 million dollars. But because he feels his game's lacking, because he wants to learn, and he immediately wants to take his skill level and play with the best in the world right now, to where this guy's going to get a 3.2, at best, $3.2 million signing bonus, sign a deal to go play, like, in the minor leagues, right? So if he were to sign with the Cubs, like, he's not going to the north side. Like, he's going to South Bend, or he's he's going somewhere in Iowa, Right? He ain't coming to the show. No way. So that's what he's going to get. You know, if he were to somehow side with the Yankees, he's uh, he's going to Scranton. <laughs> he's going to Scranton where Michael Scott worked. And if he, then at that point, when he gets called up to the bros, he's making $540,000 a year. That's what he's doing. Or the equivalent of what Giancarlo Stanton makes uh, for taking a piss in the third inning. Yeah, I know, right? And to put that kind of in some perspective, Masahiro Tanaka, his salary, $22 million. <laughs> yeah, so $22 million compared to what Shohei Otani will get, which would be $540,000. And currently right now, Masahiro's in, he signed through 2019, and he's on a seven-year, $155 million deal. Right, so Otani's going to come play ball with the big guys. In Major League Baseball, instead of taking $22 million a year, he's going to take $540,000. This is a great story. I can't get over it. Not only are you getting a guy that wants to come here and play for the love of the game and literally is leaving millions on the table and really just betting everything on himself, knowing that if he comes and whatever team he gets with, you know, if he comes over as a 23-year-old and then he's under team control maybe for four years, at that point he'd be 28 which is how old Giancarlo Stanton is right now with 10 years left on his $295 million deal. This guy has enough faith in his ability and loves the game so much he's going to come over here, bet everything on himself, basically saying, I want to I want to play with the best. Um, you know, I want to bring my skill set out there, but not only that, I want to learn more and just believing the money will come. You know, this is someone that just wants to play baseball. On top of that, the excitement of someone coming into Major League Baseball and hitting and pitching. It's, it's so exciting because this guy throws 102 and then can hit a baseball through the roof. Literally through the roof. It's. I hope this happens and I hope whatever team he goes to, I feel like a two-way star in Major League Baseball, it would be 
so huge for the game. You'll hear me talk about this over and over again. I'm a huge advocate of the game. I think baseball is the best sport in America. And I love when players come into this thing and they do different things or they act different. You know, they play different. You know, I, I love what Yasiel Puig does. And a lot of people don't like that. But even non-baseball purists, they look at Yasiel Puig and he's cocky and he's arrogant. He bat flips on singles. How many times have we heard that narrative? But, like, good for a guy. I think it's great for Major League Baseball to show the personality of its players. I think that's what further advances the sport, right? It gets people into it. And having a two-way star in the game where he can come in this game and he can pitch like a madman and, you know, he can pitch like Nolan Ryan and hit like Hank Aaron. This is this is just huge for the game. It's huge for the sport. It's huge in the sense of people are going to tune in and watch this. And if he signs with your team, you're going to go out and watch him. And this is just for the sport. I've I've never liked to where you get a certain age in high school and you have to focus on one thing. I always loved what Bo Jackson did because, you know, he said when he dies, he wants on his gravestone. Here lies a ball player like it's so it's going to be so fun if he comes in and whatever team he signs with lets him play, you know, lets him pitch and lets him hit just because it's I mean, just be a ball player, you know, just at the end of this, like you see. You know, you don't have to specialize in pitching or specialize in hitting or to be a DH. Like, these guys, like, I just, you want to watch a ball player. And Shohei Otani, that's all he wants to do is be a ball player. He wants to pitch. He wants to hit. He wants to be a ball player. And he doesn't care about the money. I love it. I couldn't be more excited what's about to happen with this. I haven't checked, though, really, on what teams I think we think he'll sign with. I don't think anyone knows at this point Seems like he's going to be an affordable player. And I think every team in baseball, whether you're the New York Yankees or the Minnesota Twins or, yeah, I'm not, it just doesn't matter. We'd like to see it. Well, especially, hold on, if you're the Seattle Mariners, you have to. But whatever team you are, all 30 Major League Baseball teams have to be in on Shohei Otani because he's signable. You know, you're not going to have to pay him $155 million because you can't. So every it looks, at least to me right now, that everyone's name's going to be in the hat on this because the only thing that's going to keep you from signing him, well, it's not going to be money. It's just kind of what you can do for the guy. You know, the Mariners would seem like they would be kind of like an obvious favorite because Ichiro came through there, who's one of the biggest Japanese baseball players of all time. So who wouldn't want to play for his team? Of course, the New York Yankees being the most popular team ever in all of Major League Baseball. But you have to think of teams like the Chicago Cubs, you also have to look at whatever team you Darvish signs with. You Darvish and Shohei Otani are close. They're friends. They both played for the Nippon Ham Fighters. They know each other really well. And I wouldn't be surprised which whatever team you Darvish goes to that they're in the running to get Otani just because you Darvish is a friend of his. So to come over here, you know, oh, Shohei Otani is only 23 years old. You Darvish is 31. That's someone he can look up to. And if they're playing for the same team, they're going to travel together, and that's going to make him way more comfortable. And I just wouldn't be surprised if that plays into it. So you have to look like if you're a team like the Seattle Mariners or the Los Angeles Angels, I've read, are one of the favorites to sign Shohei, or excuse me, the Los Angeles Angels being one of the favorites to sign Yu Darvish. And if that happens, there's a pretty good 
chance that Otani at least at least that the Los Angeles Angels would be in the mix of that. But I just I can't wait to see if this guy comes in and see if he can you know be a two way star. He did though say recently in the same SI article that essentially whatever team he signs with, whatever they want to do, like he'll do it in regards to him only being like him only pitching and him only hitting. Quick quote from the article written by Oliver Macklin, MLB.com. Otani telling reporters, I don't know if I'll be given the chance to be able to do it. That is pitch and hit. So first of all, I'll have to listen to what they say. You can't go after something like that unless you're in the right circumstance. It's not just about what I want to do. A humble, humble 23-year-old. Reading those words breaks my heart. I want him to adamantly play both positions. Selfishly, as a fan, I want him to play both. But I just I can't say enough about this guy. I'll probably end the show now and end my rant on it. I hope we see a two-way start in Major League Baseball. Talk about changing the landscape of the game, changing the footprint of the game. This is face of baseball to have this 23-year-old kid come in here and be able to pitch. And how huge would this be? I feel like he's probably got to go to the American League team because you're not going to want Otani to play the field, but you're going to want him to DH and you're going to want him to pitch. And I think that's huge because, well, he's just not going to have to play the field, which would be amazing. Um I don't care what team he goes to. I'm tuning into it for sure. This is the greatest show on dirt. We'll go ahead and close out this. Um, We'll probably hit you guys back up on an episode here in a couple days. We're going to try to start doing these a little more frequently. Courtney will be on the episode as well. But that's enough of our Giancarlo Stanton Shohei Otani rant. Thank you again for listening, and we'll catch you guys in a couple days. Have a great night.